This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. I'm Liz Gill, and I'm with the lady auto mechanic, Allison Walker, who is ASE certified. Hello, Allison. Hey, Liz. And we're going to talk about you. We're going to talk about Allison today, uh, how she came to know about fixing cars, what her qualifications are, what are your qualifications, uh, all of that in between your vehicle repair questions and calls. Let's go ahead, though. We've got a quick uh, first call, so we're glad that Mitch has called in from Hurley. Mitch, thanks for calling into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question? Uh, well, my question is that um, I have a 94 uh, GMC pickup truck, and I'm having, of course, air conditioner problems. And I'm, I'm 99% sure it probably needs a recharge, the Freon. So my question is, on that old of a vehicle, I know over the years they've switched away from what used to be from Freon because of the Azon and so forth, and they're using more modern products for that. But I've seen advertised these products where you can just kind of do it yourself. comes in a can, and you hook it to your AC and pull a trigger and shake it and so forth. Would something like that be applicable to my vehicle, or because of its age, do I need to take it to a mechanic and have it truly charged where they use vacuum lines and so forth? So, and I'll be happy to take the answer off the air. So, okay. Well, good question. If um, if you have the old system, the R12, then you would want to take it to a shop. I also heard of that you could retrofit where you could put in the cleaner that you use for computers. I heard that recently. That has a cold factor in it that you can put into the old systems without retrofitting it to R134A. But that's something you'd want to look up and into. But if you have the R134A and you're, it is stopped cooling and it's something that kind of happened over a period of time it just slowly got warmer you may have a slow leak and you can charge it yourself and use the kind that has the leak detector in it and you can see where it's coming out then a lot of times it's at those little valves right where you put the the uh, the freon charger on to your car on the little connections the low or the high side i had one recently where it was leaking in the schrader valve up there and the schrader valve is just like a valve on a car tire and they leak and they're a real frequent place that leaks um so it may be something simple like that you can get away with with um fixing it and if it's a really slow slow leak and it say it's somewhere that's hard to get to like under the dash just charging it might get you further down the road without an expensive repair and get you through the summer and you can just reach charge it again next summer so that's an option too so yes it, it is easy instructions to follow they're very easy to follow on the freon cans that they have at the store i like the ones with the gauge on it and uh, so you can tell that you don't over pressurize your system but good question well thank you mitch we appreciate you calling in today uh, today we're going to find out a little bit about allison this expert uh advice giver on cars i know lots of people learn about cars or things from their dads how did how did you first get interested in puttering around with cars well i get asked that a lot people always assume that my dad or i had an uncle or older brother someone that was working on cars and that i was fascinated that they you know called me to come help but that's just not how it happened um from the time i was little my first few memories were being obsessed with cars my dad had a beautiful 70 something 
late 70s Thunderbird that I remember just walking around it and it was a gorgeous car and it had a gorgeous interior and I must have been two years old so I was, I was really young I remember checking out my mom's two-door Buick you know and that's that's not an, an, an amazing car but the color was really pretty it had a deep green interior so it was gorgeous and I rem- and those are my first two memories so for some reason I've just always kind of had an obsession now my dad was a farmer and there were tools around and heavy machinery working like that, but it wasn't mechanic type stuff. I never, I don't recall ever seeing him work on a car, but he was supportive of my car career and, you know, we could have good car concessions once I was older and he realized I really was into it. Um, I, I, I never really pushed telling anyone that I was into cars. I just was, I had car magazines and I'd ask, I'd go to over to kids' houses, you know, to spend the night and I'd be asking their parents, what's the gas mileage on your car and what size engine do you have? And I I never thought anything of it back in the day, but I guess that was unusual. Now, I'm sure they were like, what are you, what's this little girl doing asking me these questions, you know? So I've just always been obsessed. So. What was the first car you remember, you know, fiddling around with? That I messed with my right. first, it was my uh, 78 280ZX, and that's, I used to just put it up on Jack Sands and work on it, and, and I had a Haynes manual, and I would sit there and read that whole Haynes manual and take things apart and find out which components were what, and that was, so that was my first, and we've mentioned that car before, that was my first real tinkering experience when I first got tools and stuff like that, and that was really neat, and I did that all on my own that was self-taught so it was a lot of fun how did you get your first car was it something given to you did you buy it did you help pick it out did uh how did that work for you my very first car my brother helped pay for that on the first car so he paid probably about half of the car and then i paid the rest off in payment so it was really sweet of him to kick in and help so i could have a car to go to college and that was a forgettable forgettable car (laughs) Um, you know that car was no big deal but that the the z car that I got at that time that was a gift from I almost got married once a long time ago to another car fanatic and um, that that was a car he bought me so it was only like a $1,500 little Z car but I drove the heck out of that car for a long time and ended up selling it to a good friend of mine and he drove it for a good long time so that was it was a really good car well that love life didn't work out then what was the first (laughs) car you sort of fell in love with um, it was probably my dad's Thunderbird that that seventy seven. I just um, if anyone's out there and they know what car I'm talking about, it's a long, big car. It, it, it is a Ford Thunderbird, so it's it's very similar to the Lincoln, the big Lincoln Town cars. It's not quite as big as those. It was a two door, and this one was in mint condition. It had a light silver exterior and a light silver interior. The big plush seats, you know, that are practically couches. The big limo style windows on the side and uh, it was just it was just a wonderful car it's gorgeous it sounded great you know and, and I was just I remember just thinking what is this what what what's going on with what, what's this about you know so that and being very curious of that car and then when my mom was pregnant with me she had a Grand Torino so I was riding in a really <laughs> nice sports car as I was coming into this world she sold it right after having me and uh you know so I've been kind of naturally and I'm named after NASCAR my mom was watching NASCAR on TV and it was Bobby Allison or Davy Allison one of them had just won that year in 78 
on whichever race it was. I need to find out which which race it was. Was it Daytona? You know, was it Talladega or whatever? And um, and she didn't have a name for me, and so she was still sitting in the hospital, and she she named me after NASCAR. So that's pretty cool. I've met Bobby Allison, and he's he was really really nice. I'm sure he's had many people come up to him and say I'm named Allison after after you. So he didn't seem too surprised about that, but he did think it was pretty cool. I worked on cars. So Jay White, our sports guy, said it was Bobby Allison. <laughs> Bobby and Davey. Yeah. Well, that that the the race that won the race in oh, 78. Yeah, it was Bobby the dad then. Yeah. Okay, okay, great. And which race was it? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> he probably well, knows the answer. We'll let that. you know that in the next yeah. in the next Daytona. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the the Haynes model, how how old were you when you first started working on cars for yourself? That's a good question. I was um I was around 2021 20, when I had that 280ZX and started actually working on it myself. So that's a lot later in life to have tools than, than a lot of mechanics. And then I never really stopped after that. I, I still have the same toolkit from back then. I still use some of those same tools. And it was just a beginner toolkit from like, it could have been, you know, an auto parts store or something. Uh, and I still use some of those tools and uh, just a cool little kit and you know, I've just so I never really stopped working on cars. As far as doing it for the public, I've been doing it for about six years now. I started in 2013, and I started with the Craigslist ad, the same way y'all found me to come on the show, and uh, plus referrals and and you know friends and people who needed their car worked on. And so I've been doing it ever since. And uh, and I don't do just mechanic work. I think some people think I'm literally just out there all day long, completely from head to toe with grease. Well, that happens a lot and my nails are a mess right now um but they also have a cute orange coral polish oh i have to (laughs) and you imagine what they look like without that and uh so i do pre-buy auction uh sales i help people look at a car that they have an auction or if they have a car they're wanting to buy i do pre-buy uh inspections for that and that's a that's a big component of what i do and then i love to teach it and and a lot of people wonder what is your specialty because everyone has a specialty is it is it Mopar you know is it uh, Ford diesels you know and this this sort of thing my specialty is actually maintenance I know a lot about it and I love talking about it and I love finding out more about it and it's it's really not a specialty area I've ever heard of anyone having there's no shop you go to to try to keep your car running longer to do preventative maintenance that's something I'm you know kind of want to angle into but I do minor repairs check engine lights and brake pads and AC charges and all that stuff too well we will find out more about that in our next break we'll hear more about uh, your schooling and certifications Uh, but you know this is a call-in show folks we'd love for you to call in we're taking your car repair questions our number is 1-877-MPB-RING that's 1-877-672- 7464. You could also send us an email. I'll check that during the break. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. Is your car under recall? There was a big one yesterday. We'll have a list of ones that are when we come back. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
you already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? Trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org slash support. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to AutoCorrect with Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. If you can't listen to our show all the way through live, please find our podcast. My husband is uh, the bigger podcaster listener than I am, and he usually has his earbuds in, and he's listening to something, especially when he's mowing the lawn. Here are the recalls for the week. I mentioned there was a big one yesterday. It's uh, 2011 to 2017 Ford Explorers. Uh, the rear has rear suspension problems, and also the 2013 Ford Ford F-150s. Actually, I think that's the big one they announced yesterday. There was a previous recall about a software update, and I think they need to update the update. So uh, even if you've gotten your Ford F-150 2013 checked for a previous recall, you needs to bring it in again. 2019-2020 Jaguar I-Pace has a regenerative brake system failure. 2019 2020 Ram 1500 has, I guess, the controller that knows if there's an occupant in the passenger seat has become corrupted and it disables the vehicle's airbags if there's somebody sitting in it. So that needs to be fixed. 2019 BMW X7 driver and passenger head airbags may not be aligned with the trim. The 2019-2020 BMW 2 Series, 4 Series, 2019 3 Series wagon, the driver and passenger knee bag assemblies may have been improperly folded and assembled. So we want to be safe with those airbags. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration's website. That's nhtsa.gov slash recalls and putting in your VIN number. We're spending today learning about our host and expert, Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, and her journey to becoming a mechanic. But we're also taking your vehicle repair questions, just like Veronica in Memphis. Veronica, I, you know, I really wish I had named my daughter Veronica. I thought about that, but for some reason didn't, and I named her Emily, and that was the most common name that year, and she's never mm-hmm. forgiven me for it. So, Veronica in Memphis, <laughs> thanks for calling in. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. So, my daughter's boyfriend has a very old, well, not, you know, like antique, but it's old, it's huge, Dodge truck. And I don't know make or model, but he's always driving her around, and I get bugged for gas money because it gets terrible gas mileage. And he can't afford a whole lot of work on it. But what is the one thing he could do that would be most effective to help with the gas mileage? 
there's not a ton that you can do, but if it's a gas engine, you can do your spark plug, do a tune-up. Um, tune spark plugs will help because if that spark gets bad, it's not burning the fuel correctly, and it just affects the whole system. It's going to try to dump more fuel in there to get it. Um, I'll tell you one one quick one, and, and you can just try it and see, and this goes for... Uh, diesel or gas as far as I know I think you use it on diesel too Um, so a lot of Dodge trucks have diesels in them it's a throttle body intake clean and I've talked about it on the show a lot but basically where all the air comes into your engine and they all pull in air it gets dirty like the ceiling fan in your home Oh, yeah. Yes. So it will make your sensors read wrong in there. It'll make it feel like it's not getting enough air, so it'll dump more fuel in. So over time, your gas mileage gets a little bit worse. It's something I recommend for everyone to do once a year. It's called the CRC GDI Intake Clean, Throttle Body Clean. It's for gasoline direct injection engines also. But it cleans all that pathway out so you usually get better gas mileage and you get it idle smoother and you actually get a little more power from it because everything's running correctly so besides from a full um, what's that oh is this like something you pour in your tank or is this something a mechanic does no, you can do it yourself, but it goes through the intake system where your air filter is. There's a sensor there, the MAF sensor. You want to do it after that. You don't want to put it in before the MAF sensor. And then you follow the instructions on the can. It takes two people to do it, so someone has to rev up the engine while you're while you're squirting it in there. And then you mm-hmm. let it sit for an hour, and then you crank it back up and drive it at highway speeds. But read the instructions so you make sure you do it correctly because this is something that you, you do want to do by the instructions. But it is very very simple oh cdcgdr you said yeah it was from crc the company is called crc it's in the sprays and it's in your auto parts section where all the all the different cleansers and the power steering fluid and the brake fluid and it's called throttle body intake clean okay thank you yeah i'll post a picture of it on my social media when i get done i've I've done that before about this product because i really love it it's a regular maintenance item that I always tell people to do. That sounds like a romantic evening for two. <laughs> Throttle. <laughs> well, for the, the daughter and the daughter's boyfriend. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Learn how to do that. Oh, my. <laughs> Veronica, did you have one more thing? Yeah, what about, thank you, what about the um, first thing you mentioned, the tune-up? Is that something he can do by himself? Because he's that kind of guy. He's going to want to do things himself to save more money, you know? Yes, he can, but I recommend him watching Eric the Car Guy YouTube video on that uh, because okay. Eric the Car Guy is ASC certified. He's not just putting out videos. He knows his stuff. That way he's not just watching some random person do it because a lot of times they leave out steps. Like if he does the spark plugs, you need to put thread lubricant on there and that sort of thing. And on his older truck, you need to make sure it's gapped properly uh, on the spark plugs and that sort of thing. But it is something he could do. I mean, he could get a basic starter toolkit like I did, which will have a spark plug socket in it. And uh, I do I do want to encourage him to. I really encourage everyone to, to learn your maintenance on your car. That's pretty much something anyone can do. Now, diagnostics and repairs, not so much all the time, but your regular maintenance is, is fairly easy, I think, for most people. 
Sisters, thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Veronica. Now, all right, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn something. Um, you mentioned the throttle body intake cleaner. How often did you suggest that be done? Once a year. Wow. Okay. Every fifteen thousand miles, once a year. And especially if you have one of these new engines from Kia or Hyundai, and then there's other com- companies doing it too, the gasoline direct, the GDI, and it'll say it on the outside of your car, and it'll say it on the engine. Those get even worse gunk because of the way they're they're set up. Uh, something else I thought about gas mileage is his air filter that he could check, and that's it. That's anyone. If that's clogged up a little bit, it'll think it's not getting enough air, and it'll try to put in, dump more fuel in to compensate. So that's one quick thing. He may be uh, having problems with that, and maybe it's gotten dirty. But it's a truck, and it's not going to get very good gas mileage. 13 to 15 miles per gallon, I'd be surprised if it gets somewhere up in there. Maybe okay, more. and my second question about this is a tune-up. Is there a uh, a maximum amount you can tune up to, or could you t- do a tune-ups too frequently, or is it... What is exactly involved in a tune-up? A tune-up used to mean spark plugs because spark plugs were due like every fifteen to 30,000 miles back in the day. That's how quickly they fouled out. And now they've got them where they last a lot longer. Um, randomly, some vehicles have different... Uh, intervals on them, 30,000, 60,000 miles, but most of them are around 100 to 120,000. That's your spark plugs. Now, that's what tune-up used to mean is just spark plugs. Well, nowadays it means a little bit more. You want to make sure that you do your air filter, your cabin air filter. You want to do the throttle body intake clean. You want to do your transmission fluid. These are everything. So tune-up, it used to mean just a spark plugs because they were due so often back in the day. And you would replace them pretty pretty often. But now it, it I like to tell that it means a little bit more than just that. And there is more to keeping your car tuned up than just the spark plugs. Okay. Well, that's great. All right. Let's go to Harry in Vidalia now who's called in. Harry, we're glad you've called in to AutoCorrect. Go ahead. You just answered some of my questions on the, the last minute. But I've got a 2010 Chevrolet uh, Silverado pickup truck with 170,000 miles on it. Yeah. And I make 220 mile trips a week and I really can't afford to be down. And I have done no maintenance other than uh, the main drive belt and the air cleaner at about 90,000 miles. Now, wh- what should I? And the owner's manual does not give you any information on servicing the transmission or when to change the spark plugs and if I should consider also. Uh, the water hoses might need replacing. Oh, they should. Uh, on the hoses, it, you know, that's... It, you because you've got you've got high mileage quickly on a car. It's not like it's been actually years gone by. So I wouldn't stress about the hoses. But you can check the condition of them. You know, uh, grab them and squeeze them, and look at your coolant to see if there's buildup in there. You're probably due for a coolant flush to refresh your your coolant and get it looking really good. But that lasts every five years to, to in 150,000 miles. Once you put good fluid in it, most most coolant lasts that long. As far as the spark plugs, it really should say in there. I've never heard of them not having um, the spark plugs for in there. But what engine do you have? And I'll look it up. And I'm not 100% sure. Okay. Um, so, well, the spark plugs usually are due around... 
um, I'd say on those trucks, probably 70,000 or 90,000 miles and on average so you may be past due and the the thing is if you don't replace them on time then it would it can make your your coils work harder to bridge that gap and you can have coils start going out on it but um so that's something i'd i'd recommend looking into since you did it and it's such a short amount of time and got such high mileage they may be lasting a little bit longer without misfiring but i would i would pull it you can pull a spark plug and look at it and if it's eroded at all and it's not perfectly brand new looking then you need to get some more uh, spark plugs in it that gap widens on them um I'm not seeing anything on here about when what the interval is. It's everyone saying pull them and look at them, but um, I'm, I'm not convinced. I'm sure there is an interval that it's recommended. But when I go to look at a car to do maintenance on it, I, I'll pull a spark plug and look at it, and I can tell if it's been replaced soon or if it's ready to be replaced. Um, as far as your transmission fluid, and this goes for everyone and every vehicle out there, no fluid lasts forever on a car. And you need to get familiar with what's recommended for changing that fluid and that's not readily available information but if, if you talk to a long time mechanic I've talked to ones that didn't ever fool with their fluid or anything they just fixed it once the problem had had gone too far but some mechanics I know they recommend fluid changes on your transmission every 50,000 there's a little more to it than that but um but so every, think of it as every fluid on your car needs changed at some interval. Um, your power steering fluid, I recommend it being changed at 50,000. And brake fluid needs to be changed every two to three years. Um, so it's based on years because it it absorbs moisture regardless of what you do with it um, on the mileage end of it. And so that kind of gives you an idea and that's your main fluids that you're that you're working with on your car and that these days they won't say when it's due in your maintenance books i've noticed that they'll say check it which is a way for them to claim that they have lower maintenance costs than the next manufacturer next to them even toyota does it so that's a little bit shady but they'll say if you pull something or if you drive in a dirty road then you should go ahead and change it at 50 or 60,000 miles which is a, so you can see what I'm, I'm saying with that they don't quite give you the information you need to know when to change it they just say check it and that's not really enough well I see I'm well over the mileage I should have done this a long time ago I reckon maybe so maybe so so I'd recommend maybe a full tune up on your truck and and get and have it all done refreshed and, and brand new 170,000 is probably probably way past due for a few things thank you so much you got a great program and information well thank you thank you very much Thank you so much, Harry. We appreciate you calling in. It is time for our next break. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Our email is always open. The address is auto at mpbonline.org. What's an unreliable car not to buy? We'll get to that after the break. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. 
The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or email auto at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, is our expert. I'm Liz Gill, and I hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone. It's not just mine. It's the MPB Public Media app. You can listen to all our local shows. Hey, you can even watch some uh, MPB TV shows on it. Consumer Reports has a list of 108 2007 to 2016 models that have a record of much worse than average overall reliability based on subscriber responses to their annual auto survey. Today, we're going to caution you about the Infiniti Q50, the 2014, 15, and 16. Now, Consumer Reports listed the 2016, but... Uh, carcomplaints.com had 14 and 15 listed as years, but they didn't have that many complaints, so they didn't know if it was not that bad a car or not that many people bought it. Did they say what the problem was? Tire wear. Okay. So anyway, before buying any used car, please consider reading up on the reliability before purchasing it. Suggest Consumer Reports. Uh, Carcomplaints.com is another resource for unreliable car lists. But if you're interested in reviews of new cars, Casey Williams is the automotive correspondent for WFYI Public Radio Station in Indianapolis. And he has reviewed cars and covered the auto industry for over 25 years. His review this week is on GM and Michelin's plan for airless tires. And I don't think it's just nitrogen. We'll have to look that one up. He also has a review about the Jaguar I-Pace. And was that one of the ones that, that was we just on had the recall. recall list? Yeah. Okay. All right. But if you have questions about your call and you've been meaning to get to a mechanic, you just haven't. I happen to have a mechanic sitting right here next to me. And her number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. But we've got some folks who'll fight you for it because we're fill up full up. We've got Bob and John and Nelson, but uh, Daryl has been holding the longest. Daryl, thanks for calling in. Uh, we appreciate you. You're on the air. Go ahead. 
Uh, yes, I had a general question. I have a 2002 Chevy Silverado with a 5.3 liter engine, and I have 371,000 miles on it. It's still running good, but all the seals and are starting to leak, and I've been doing all the proper maintenance. And my question is, how many more miles can I expect to get out of that engine before I abandon the vehicle or else drop another engine in it? Well, the leaks are generally easy to replace, but I can tell you what can cause those leaks. It's, And this is something that's left off of maintenance. And since we've gotten a lot of maintenance questions today, I'll, I'll talk about this. It's the positive crankcase ventilation valve, and it's a little $10 part. And it's not listed in your maintenance manual on your cars. I've never seen it listed. But it lets the pressure out from your engine. And it puts it back in through the intake system. And that can get clogged up because obviously oil's passing through there a little bit too. And they'll get clogged close. And the next thing you know, that positive crankcase pressure cannot get out of your engine. And it starts causing leaks all over the place. And so that's something for everyone to know. That's something I always recommend replacing on your car, you know, let's say every 50,000 miles or 100,000 miles. You, you need to do it at some point um, before it's too far gone and it's and it's actually caused a leak. Because, of course, once it's caused a leak, then those need to be fixed. But I actually recommend if your, your truck has lasted that long and it's still running good and all it is is leaking oil, then go ahead and have those seals replaced, whether it's the crankshaft rear or main seal um, or you know what once if, if if you can get those done without it being too expensive I don't I don't think it should be and um, but if it's if it's where it would be a really high cost to fix it then you may want to look into getting another engine but that's the preventive maintenance that may could have helped prevent the leaks but I think if it's still running strong keep it going that's what I'm always a proponent for. All right. Well, thanks a lot. I enjoyed the show. A lot of great information. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Daryl. All right. So w- one more time. Positive crankcase pressure valve? Positive so. crankcase ventilation. Ventilation. So right. it's PCV valve. Every mechanic knows what that is. They're very easy to replace most of the time. And it's a $10 part, so you can do it yourself. And some of them just pop in and out. Some of them you just need a wrench. And All right, the PCV valve, not the PVC pipe. That's right, not PVC pipe, (laughs) PCV valve. Yeah, it is a little confusing. All right, thanks, Daryl. Let's go on to Bob in Fairhope. Bob, how are things in Alabama this morning? We're glad you've called in. Oh, they're still sweet here. It's a beautiful day here. That's great. Yeah. I have a uh, a 2000 Saturn LW2 wagon. It's got a six-cylinder engine in it. This, by the way, is a Saab engine. I didn't know that until recently. Oh, wow. Okay. Saturn Saturn put in those. I didn't know that. I didn't either until about a month ago. Anyhow, um, this vehicle is one we pull behind a motorhome. It has 62,000 miles on it, and I've done the normal maintenance. And at about 25,000 miles, um, the uh, uh, timing belt was replaced. And I'm wondering, um, that was about six years ago now, and I'm wondering whether uh, timing belts are mileage-related, in other words, engine-running-related, or whether they poop out uh, just because they get fatigued over time. And if it's the latter and I need to replace it, how big and expensive a job is that? Okay. Well, um, 
The thing is about timing belts is it's both. It's mileage or year, whichever comes first. So usually it's 90,000 miles or nine years, I think, is kind of your average across manufacturers. So if it's been nine years since that last time that you replaced it, it's due. And obviously, you haven't been to 90,000 miles. So that's what you want to look at. Another thing you can do is take off your timing cover and look in there and just have a look at it and see uh, how bad it is. Now, if that takes a lot to get to it, some of them do, then you might not want to do that. As far as how expensive, it's it's a, it's a higher repair cost than than like just spark plugs and, and whatnot. And it usually averages around four to $500 on a car give or take and it takes about three to four hours give or take for a good mechanic so that kind of gives you an idea but you have to be comfortable with lining up the timing belt correctly because if you have an interference engine the valves can hit but even if you don't have an interference engine you don't want the timing to be off on your vehicle and and, and deal with that so it's oh, a little buddy, bit involved. I rebuilt involved. a Volkswagen engine once. I re- remember about timing belts. There you uh, go. Yeah, it's a year. You know down. about that. Well, then you could probably do it. Is is there an idler in this device? Do you think and that, that maintains the tension on the uh, on the timing belt? I'm sure there is. Well, a okay. tensioner. It probably has a tensioner of some yeah, sort. Yeah, it, it it seems to be a little noisy at times, and I'm wondering oh. what that may be failing. I would yeah. go ahead and do that then. Okay. Because it may not actually be the belt. It may be your tensioners losing tension. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Sometimes you can just replace the tensioner. But uh, I have I have a car that you can actually get to the tensioner on it without. Uh, you can just open up the valve cover and do it. But that's probably not the same on your car. You probably have to take all the pulleys off and get down yeah, to the front of the engine. Uh, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's front wheel drive. Well, yeah, I think that's something okay. you could do. Well, thank you so much. I hope you all have a good week. You do the same. And a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. We appreciate you calling in today. Let's go to Nelson. Nelson, thanks for calling in from Pontotoc. We're glad you're part of AutoCorrect today. Go ahead. Yes, okay. Thank you. Yes, uh, I was just going to say that I wholeheartedly agree with the maintenance, you know, factor. Uh, I've had this car since I won. It was a used car. I got about 26,000 miles on it. And uh, I've always kept it, you know, well-maintained. The only thing that's ever got 302,000 miles and gets around 25 miles to the gallon. Does uh, it really? That's a V8. It's a V8. Wow. It 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 was getting around 26,000. Or 27, but I drive in town a lot. I'm driving in Memphis a lot now. It's um, actually got 24.8 on it right now. It's averaging around 25. Anyway, the only thing I've ever had uh, uh, wrong with it was a fuel pump. I had to put a replace a fuel pump, and um, it um, it was stolen once, and they ran it across the ditch, and uh, it didn't do hardly any damage except to the you know the front uh, bumper and stuff. So uh, it has had some running on it. I drive it to Memphis or New Orleans or just anywhere I want to. 
So it's awesome. good. But the maintenance is the main thing, I think. I wonder, because a fuel filter, if you don't replace it, and that's a car that has one that you can replace on it outside uh-huh. of the tank, will make your uh-huh. fuel pump work harder and make them go out. Oh. So that's a regular maintenance that that okay. gets left off. Um, right. And I was going to say, it uses it's gotten to where it uses a, a good bit of oil around three quarts, you know, between uh, changes like 3,000 miles. And I wondered if that PC ventilation valve, you know, might, it, does it have one? Yes. Uh, pretty much all cars do. Uh, that okay. was the first thing that they ever used for emissions because they used to just oh, let okay. it vent outside the engine. Right. But then they, so they run it into the intake with the little valve. Um, as far as it using or for that, if it's going through the PCV valve and that valve is stuck open, then it's just uh-huh. constantly pushing uh, oil through it. But you can take the line off and rub your finger in there and see if it's got oh. a lot of oil. You can look in your throttle body and see if there's oil going in there and see if that's okay. how it's using it. But otherwise, it could be using it from the oil ring on the pistons, oh, okay. and yeah. it's getting in your combustion chamber and burning. And it may not be enough to smoke, but it's enough that it's causing a lot of oil usage. That's another way. Or an oil leak, if you have an oil leak somewhere. So those are three different common places for oil usage on older vehicles. So you you may have a situation where it's time to rebuild the engine or or replace Uh it. Or you may have a simple fix. You get get lucky and it's something simple. Like the PCV valve is just stuck open. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it runs fine otherwise. I mean, it, it's smooth. It, it's just like, you know, like it was when I first got it. Oh, I believe anyway, it. Those are tanks. <laughs> Those are good car. cars. Yeah, that's the cop cars. That's a Crown Vic yeah. cop car on a All frame. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, somebody stole it and they ran from cops, but they, they caught them. So good. <laughs> anyway. Okay, right. well, well, thank you so you. much. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I love the show. Thank you. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Thank you so much, Nelson. We are going to take our last break of the show. Uh, We'll hear a little bit more about Allison when we come back. And we'll also, John and Nick, you've been great. Hang on. We'll get to you when we come back. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Welcome to Auto, back to AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show. Here's the new website. We've been kind of playing around with the podcasts and the website and the stuff. The new website, well, you can also get to it through the old website, but the new website autocorrect.mpbonline.org Okay. So no slash in or anything. You can get through it this way, that way, other ways. But uh, you can get all of our episodes autocorrect.mpbonline.org Awesome. All right. Uh, Let's go to John. John, thank you so much for waiting. We love our Daphne, Alabama people, although I've never been there. But uh, it sounds lovely. (laughs) John, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect. Thank you, Liz. It's a nice little place. Um, uh, And thank you for that uh, new address for the um, AutoCorrect. Um, I had 
a couple questions about my 2001 Mercury Sable SE. It's um, the one with the three-liter engine. Um, the power steering and the AC are worrying me. The power steering moans or whines at low speed turns when moving the wheel. And the AC, I discovered in October that there is no AC. And I don't know if it's coolant or the so-called mixing door, which I understand right. from trying to read online, is a problem for that car. Um, I can find a mixing door online. I actually saw the thing, but um, I'm not sure what kind of a fix it is. And uh, could you please tell me, Allison, what kind of coolant is used in a 2001 Sable? Okay, good question. And it's uh, Freon. Um that's using there. It's not the coolant that's in the car. Oh, but, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Right. Um, I'd have to look that up, grade, though. It's not R12, is it? I'm not sure uh, on on that car because they. It, it's probably R134A, but um, let's see if I can figure it out. Do, do, do. This is but, the holding music I use yeah. in my head. Uh, Allison's looking on her phone, and I sing the girl from Ipanema. Do, 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 I think do. It's, it looks like it's probably R134A. But um, it'll say it on the car. There's a little information, little sticker that's under the hood of every car, and it'll tell you the kind of Freon that it uses in there. And uh, and it may, it could be that blend door that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody that put pressure gauges on your AC would know that there's Freon in there, and know that that then it's probably the blend door. Mm-hmm. Now the blend door is up under the dash, and it could be easy to get to. Or it could be difficult, and you have to take out, you know, all the under parts on the dash to get to it, like get behind the radio and stuff like that. I think it would be difficult because uh, the PCV valve that you mentioned on this car, somebody told me that it's in a very difficult place on the bottom of the engine. <laughs> so the whole car may be like that. That's, you know, it, it, even on the bottom, it might be somewhat easy to get to once you jack it up and get under there. But they're usually up on top near the intake system somewhere, the air intake system, okay. usually. Um, so I would I would verify that before um, knowing that for sure what they said. And then with the power steering, with it moaning, it sounds like your power steering pump's going out. So you you probably need a power steering pump if it's if it's acting up like that, and you can't turn the steering wheel at low speeds. So that's that's probably where you're at with this car. So it looks like you've got a few little minor things going on to deal uh, with on this car. Well, I'll definitely call another time with the other things that is presenting. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. We do appreciate you calling in, and we're here every week. You could also send Allison an email. Our email is auto at mpbonline.org, and she is she is excellent. I'm not going to tell you how above and beyond she does, because then we'll be getting trouble all over the state. But Allison mm-hmm. is fantastic on the, the emails, John. So you, you'll want to uh, email her with your other questions, okay? Appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, thanks. Let's go to Nick. Nick, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? All right, good morning. Uh, I have a question for you. All right. I have a, a 2015 Nissan pickup with a 3.5 engine. I drive it very little. I use Mobile One full synthetic. 
and I believe it said on the bottle uh, 10,000 miles. I normally change all my uh, oils at 5,000 miles when I'm using full synthetic. This particular vehicle, uh, the oil is transparent, very clean, uh, and, and not opaque. It is almost the same color as it was when I put it in that new. It may be a little more tan than it was when it was new. The truck's got 3,600 miles on this oil change, but I hadn't changed the oil in 18 months. Do I need to change the oil? I would say so. It's it's only 30. I wouldn't change it until you reach uh, 5,000 miles. I'd say just go ahead and run it, run it out. On synthetic oil, it lasts longer. Um, and you're not going through the heat cycles, so it's, it should be okay for a little bit longer. It's only been 18 months. If it had been, that's a year and a half, um, I think you're still getting enough gas mileage that you can wait till you, or you're getting enough, you're using enough to wait until you get to your 5,000 mile mark, which I think 5,000 to 7,500 is good for synthetic. Going 10,000, uh, it probably can go 10,000 miles. A lot of synthetic companies are saying that, that theirs goes to 10,000 and, and it may very well do that, but you're still going to be okay if you go five to 7,500 miles on, on full synthetic. Um, so I like that you're using that in that truck. And it, and I'm not sure if that's what's recommended in those, but it, it should be. That's a good engine. It's the same engine in the Z car. Um, but that's 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 what I recommend, just waiting for it to go on out to 5,000 because you're still driving it a little bit. So that's good. Well, the dealership that I bought it from, I bought it new, and they use uh, Mobile One full synthetic uh, when they change oil for their customers. Oh, that's good. That's really good. A lot of cars since, um, I'd say since 2010 probably, have gone to full synthetic. And I'm talking across the board from from Chevy to Toyota. A lot of them have gone to full synthetic. And it's because it lasts longer and it and it and uh, it's better for these new higher tolerance engines. And it actually lubricates. It, just, it does a better job all the way around. Well, that's good to know because I tell you what, I'm an old man of 80 years old. Oh. And and, uh, and when I was coming up, if you drove more than 3,000 miles on oil change, you were running your engine. That's right. I, yep. And I can't get over that. I, I, yeah. I feel at that still mindset. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Yeah, it used to be 3,000, but it's it's further now. You can go further on these newer oils. Just, it's, technology has improved, and this is one of the main areas that you see a big change in. Okay, I'll, well, I thank, I thank you very much. I'm going to leave it in there a few more months. Sounds good. Thank you, Nick. We appreciate you calling in. And so that's going to wrap us up for today for AutoCorrect. Thank you, Jay White, our statistician and call screener. Thank you, Michelle McAdoo, our board engineer. So for Allison Walker, hey, and really start going on social media. She's going to she's gonna crank it up a little bit uh, for the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the lady auto mechanic. I'm Liz Gill. Up next is our Thursday Southern Remedy show, Kids and Teens with Dr. Morgan McLeod. But hey, join us next week, next Thursday at 10 a.m. for AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 